Well, are uh, you going to apologize for the website or am I? Why? Because it went down? Because it went down. Uh, it's not my fault it went down, nor is it yours. No, but uh, we, we do offer a service, and, and we haven't been able to do that. And in the Geeks and Beats update, I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Okay, fine. I, I have to provide some uh, public service announcement advice here. Okay. Uh, when you're cleaning your deck with the acid-like product used to get the mildew and mold off, and the instructions explicitly state you should be wearing gloves. Oh, you didn't. Wear the gloves. Oh, how red are your hands? My hands aren't that red. They just sort of look like the face of a 70-year-old plastic surgery addict. Oh, so you might as well have been juggling plutonium. You can't do that. I've learned this the hard way. Oh, jeez. Okay, well... The deck looks great, though. Go, you know, once we're done here, go moisturize. <laughs> The views expressed on Geeks and Beats are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers. Uh, for those of us who have employers. From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, simulcast on shortwave radio and Citizens Band 14, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. Why do you need to put the iPad down when getting in the shower? Imagine buying John Lennon's microphone. It's easy if you try and have about 2200 bucks to spare. In this week's Ask Ellen Anything, The Loudness Wars. We'll tell you why vinyl fans have an argument against compression. San Francisco's GLBT community fights back against gentrification with our music video of the week. And Jay-Z's Fired Hyphen takes to Craigslist in search of a new gig. Plus, a Geeks and Beats listener wins our crappiest cans contest, how to join us live for the season two premiere, and how we'll be spending our August hiatus. Is it hiatuses? Hiatus I? Hiatai. <laughs> so this is the last show before uh, we take a bit of a break um, for the summer. Well, what remains of it. Uh, I'm going to Bermuda on, well, I'm going to Winnipeg early in the week, and then I'm off to Bermuda. Just for an exercise in contrasts? Well, yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm going to try and disconnect a little bit. Oh. I, I I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. I think it's it's very cool to be able to say that you're going to do it, but I won't be able to stay away from the laptop or the pad, or the tablet or the, um, or, the, or, the, or the phone. But I'm going to try and reduce the amount of time I spend online just to give myself a brain enema. So that was a mental image I didn't need. Uh, but in that vein, uh, you uh, wrote this week about a totally unnecessary music invention. I spend an awful lot of time looking at things that don't need to be invented. I thought you were going to say you're gonna spend a, you spend an awful lot of time in the shower. Uh, no. And uh, my shower, how long are your showers? I don't shower. I bathe. I've got a 50-gallon soaker tub in my spa-like bathroom, and I've got a home automation component hooked up to it so that you just hit the button. It not only fills it to the 50 gallons, but to the precise temperature I want and then turns the water off once it's full. What's your water bill? Actually, my water bill went down substantially when the city came around and installed the uh, real water meters. Previously, we were on a flat rate system. Our water bill plummeted. We paid 50 bucks last month in water because we've got a tankless water heater as well. So we're not constantly, you know, filling up a tank and then draining it and filling up and draining. We're only using the water we need and we're only heating the water we need for that matter. Uh, well, all right, fine. But most normal people in the 21st century take showers. <laughs> and um, I, a shower for me, a long shower for me is, is, is six minutes. 
uh, it, it, you know, on a weekday. You know, get up, get in the shower, get out. That's that's my thinking. And I ran across this thing, which is a shower curtain with a, with some kind of waterproof built-in speakers and a pouch on the outside where you drop in your iPad or iPhone or whatever media player you want, and it then plays music through the speakers in the shower curtain. Why do, you know, can't you do without your device for the seven or eight minutes it takes to have a shower? Like, come on. First of all, it, it is pitched at coolestgadgets.com as, as being for music, but I could see you using this for anything that requires an iPad. So it's quite possible that you got the high-powered Wall Street type who's uh, watching uh, Bloomberg television on his iPad in the morning as he's getting ready for work, and he just can't skip that segment they're about to go to. So you slide it into the pouch, and away you go while you, uh, while you shower up. I'm with you, though. You're not in the shower for an awful long time. Factor in the extra couple of seconds it's going to take to hook this thing up and then unhook it and then, you know, set it up, tune it, tune it into whatever. You, you know, you, I, I, I don't think it's necessary. If somebody were to give me this, I throw it out. I wouldn't need it. From the risk of too much information department, this 50-gallon soaker tub that I've got, I've got a, an older iPhone, and I use that in the tub for my morning reading, I read all the newspapers on it. I get up to speed on my on my day while uh, on the ledge there. I've got uh, my bagel and my morning cup of orange juice. And Okay, stop, stop, stop. I, I don't need to hear this. And how much time do you give yourself to get ready in the morning? Oh, I'm a woman this way, man. I give myself a good hour. All right. Well, Now, if I have to, I can be a man about it. And I can go from rolling out of bed and rolling into the car... In 10 minutes flat. Okay. If I have to. If I don't, I'm taking it easy. M- move on. Move on. We've, we've, we've exhausted this. I've <laughs> upset you. It, well, it has. That's hilarious. Imagine all the people living for today. Some gadget that you actually would want to have, and, and I'm just blown away by this is the microphone that john lennon allegedly used to record imagine well one of the microphones that he used to record imagine this was part of a collection of um, of gear that uh, apparently has been moved around um, quite a bit since uh, well since the 1970s now i know for a fact that the recording console which john lennon used to record imagine is currently living in the caribbean there is a, uh, and I've seen it, I've touched it, there's um, a hotel in St. Bart's called Eden Rock, and they had this thing called Villa Rockstar, and in the basement of Villa Rockstar, they have a full-on recording complex, uh, recording studio, and the console, the recording console from New York that John Lennon used is installed down there, and that, that's absolutely true. Now, what we're, we're looking at here are a series of microphones that were used in New York with this console. Uh, when Imagine was recorded. Uh, there's one of them that's available. It's a Neumann, which is a, a German make. I guess back then would have been an East German make. Oh, I thought it was Neumann. <laughs> no, it's Neumann. Neumann. I am, in fact, I'm speaking to you right now if, through a Neumann microphone. Very good mics. And this this guy apparently has got one. It, he's got the, 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 the provenance and the documentation, and he's he's willing to let it go for 1500 quid, which is about $2,200. And I'm, you know... If you you buy microphones, you understand. 
the one I'm speaking through right now cost me about twenty two hundred dollars. No man, they're very they're very expensive things, and uh, so this is right in line with a brand new one. Plus, it was used to record one of the greatest songs in the history of rock and roll. How do you really know that though? You don't. The guy. I mean, I've been in contact with the guy. It's still available, and uh, I'm just waiting to hear back from him today. But but how do you know he's not full of it? Well, I don't. I don't. Uh, you know. All I can ask for is is the documentation. Uh, he's got a picture of it with uh, the serial number exposed. He's cross-referenced that with a list of gear that was used in the sessions. So other than a picture of John Lennon singing into that microphone. With the with, serial number available in Visible. Yeah, and it's a, it's a big number. I mean, it's it's only a four-digit number. Uh, you know, that's, that's about the best you're going to do. Still... You know, for 1,500 pounds, that's actually awfully cheap for something like this. Because I was just looking at some some other swag that was sold recently. Um, over the weekend, over the last weekend, there was an auction in California. And uh, all the, the, the costumes from The Sound of Music, including that horrible dress that Julie Andrews wore, fetched $1.3 million at auction. The the shirt that James Gandolfini was wearing when he was whacked as Tony Soprano sold for twenty two thousand dollars. Wait, wait wait a minute. You said that when he was whacked. Yeah yeah yeah. Okay. He, he, so at the end of the of Sopranos, you think that he actually did get whacked? I'm going with that. I, it, it's just easier. Okay. Short. Just let's go with it. I, I don't disagree. Okay. So it was sold for twenty two grand uh, to get a a a genuine John Lennon used microphone with perhaps bits of DNA still on it for. Twenty two hundred dollars is is actually is actually pretty good, and I can't see this thing going down in price. And you you could buy it, and then you could open up your own Jurassic Park like environment where where you could take that DNA and clone and create your own John Lennon's. You could call it Tittenhurst Park Two, or I could install it in my studio here and use it. That would be kind of cool. So Tittenhurst Park was the actual recording studio where they did the album itself. And I didn't know this. It was actually a 72-acre estate with a Georgian country house that eventually Ringo Starr owned after they recorded uh, the album. Wait a second. Oh, hang on. I thought Imagine was recorded in New York. Hang on. Let's just check this out. One moment, please. John Lennon's recording equipment at Ascot Sound Studios, Tittenhurst Park, is what this uh, Newman microphone is listed as being from. Neumann, Neumann. Neumann! Apparently it came from Tittenhurst Park. Let me just see. It was apparently the home of musicians John Lennon and Yoko Ono from 69 to 71. We're both right. It was recorded at Ascot Sound Studios and uh, the record plant east of New York. Which brings us to Ask Alan Anything. Okay, go. It's just calling from Vancouver. Listen to the podcast and just what I call in. Uh, one thing that... I'm really interested in, is if you could talk about is the loudness wars. This is something that some people may or may not be aware of, and it has to do with compression and audio. I'm sure you guys know all about it. But maybe if you could talk a bit about it, what bands are sort of taking a stand against it and where the industry might be going with it. I got interested in this after seeing the documentary Sound City, which rekindled my love for uh, for vinyl. And I guess what really I like about vinyl is how uncompressed it was, but... Obviously, with good quality uh, digital, you can get similar results, if not better, someday. So anyway, uh, if you could talk about that, would be great. Thanks. Love the show. 
For those who don't know, the loudness wars goes back to sometime in the 1990s when it became fashionable to make CDs sound as loud as possible. And the way you do this is you apply a tremendous amount of compression to the music, which means you boost the uh, the lowest, the quietest parts uh, to almost the same volume as the loudest parts. So there's very little dynamic range. If you put this on a waveform analyzer, it looks like a big block of, of sound rather than the ups and downs that you're supposed to have. The record companies believed and still seem to believe that the louder the CD, the more it will cut through with listeners. Radio stations are very much the same way. They put a lot of additional compression on their signal because they believe that the loudest radio stations on the dial get the most attention, which I think is crap because it causes all kinds of problems, including listener fatigue. Uh, it, it, it's, it's hard on the ears, and it's just not pleasant at all. Metallica and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are two of the biggest violators, the biggest, the worst criminals in the loudness wars. My first experience with that actually came from the Curious Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me CD. Where on the back liner notes it says, this album was recorded to be played loud, so turn it up. I've seen that in a couple of places too, but what we're, what we're talking about here is, is if you were to do an A-B comparison. CD versus a vinyl version, you would see that the CD is substantially or appears to be substantially louder than the vinyl. And that's because with digital, you're allowed, you can put in all this extra compression. You can't do it with vinyl because of the finite amount of information that can be stored within the grooves of a vinyl record. So you vinyl tends to, I mean, you can still provide a lot of compression. To, to music that you master onto vinyl, but you can't use it, do it as much as, as, as you can with CDs. And we've been seeing a, a real backlash against the loudness wars over the last 10 or 15 years, people complaining about records being so compressed that they're actually distorted. I mean, the St. Anger album from, from Metallica, the Death Magnetic album from Metallica is terrible. Anything the Red Hot Chili Peppers have done is, is, is absolutely terrible. And there is some pushback uh, I can't, uh, Ed wants me to name some bands that are pushing back. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I, I can tell you that with the rise of vinyl, people are beginning to understand the need for dynamic range in a recording. Um, but then again, most of us seem to listen to music on MP3s, which is compression of compression. And if you happen to be listening to a radio station that's playing an MP3 file as part of their automation system, uh, you're hearing compression on compression on compression. So no wonder the music sounds squished and horrible. From the loudness wars of one type to a whole different type of loudness war with Persia's Google Google Apps apps. <laughs> you wanted to play this. What the heck are you smoking? Twitter, Twitter me, Facebook, Facebook me. Hey girl, did you tag me in that pic? Silicone, Silicon Valley, Silicone, Silicon Valley. Hey girl, did you get that eviction notice? Google, Google apps, apps, Google, Google apps, apps, gringa, gringa, apps, apps. I just want to want to be white. It's just a strange music video in Silicon Valley. There's a, a very, very, well, real estate is a problem, has always been a problem in San Francisco and, and, and surrounding area. 
And now that Silicon Valley gets keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, gentrification is moving further and further afield from 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 Silicon Valley into, into neighborhoods that were traditionally uh, a little bit more bohemian, uh, including uh, a, a lot of the gay and lesbian areas. And this group called Persia is pushing back against this gentrification. You could have fooled me. I I really didn't get much of a sense of that at all by watching the video. No, no, watch it. Watch it and listen to the lyrics. I did. Well, trust me, that's what the song is about. I'm gonna have to. And it's it's it's, it's not really it's not really suitable for work. Uh, you'll see and hear why. It's not really suitable for good taste. And I'm not talking because of the, the transgendered players in it or anything like that. I just, it's just It just looks like they said, you know what? Let's get really high. Let's make a music video and see if we can make this go viral. Yeah, exactly. And I don't have any problem with that. What this does remind me of is, uh, is Divine. Remember Divine? Yes. Uh, Divine, the 350-pound or 400-pound transvestite who did songs like uh, Native Love and You Think You're a Man. It, it reminds me of that. It's just it's goofy. There's nothing wrong with goofy. No. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. Cut the cord and go to geeksandbeats.com anytime. You'll get the latest episode and links to the stories the boys are talking about. Geeksandbeats.com. Also available on 8-track and cassette. Chances are, if you're reading this, you love to discover new music you wrote. We really don't want to hear new music. That was, that was more or less the headline. And it talked about this particular study that says, well, the study basically lined up a bunch of music fans, played them songs they knew, played them songs they didn't know, and then said, hey, we, you know, push comes to shove, which ones, which songs do you prefer? And almost everybody preferred the songs that they already knew. Well, duh. I mean, you're always going to gravitate towards something familiar. And you're going to always prefer something that you know or, or or have an affinity for over something that you've never heard before. It takes time for uh, most songs to filter into your consciousness and for you to form an opinion about them. I don't know if it's time as, as much as experience. I, I find that most of the music that I gravitate toward, I do so because it takes me back to a certain point in my life. I think, I think once you get into your 20s, by and large, most of us, move on from being a huge music consumers to focusing on other elements of our life. Yeah. Which is why oldies music, no matter which generation is considered oldies, is popular because like, oh, I, I remember what I was doing when I heard this song. There was a very good quote that I remember reading someplace that I wish I could, uh, I could footnote, but I can't. And the, the quote goes like this. Every generation has the biological right to believe that the music of their youth is the greatest music of all time. There's a sweet spot that we all go through, this, this time when we become musically aware. It's usually from age 13, 14 to age 23, 24. And we use music as a way of projecting our identity on the rest of the world. And everything is so important to us when it comes to music. We go to shows, we buy music, we think about music, we listen to music. It is a very, very central part of our lives. But like you say, by the time you get out of university or into your early 20s, you you know life begins to intrude and you don't have as much time to devote to searching for and savoring new music you always you go back to, to the familiar right and i you know yeah. i i i do the same thing if if i don't want my brain to work too hard when it comes to listening to music i'll listen to my favorite stuff and chances are it's you know from from that point in my life at the same time too when we look back at music from our youth we're looking at it through rose-colored glasses, largely because 
the crappy music we've forgotten all about. All we're doing is collectively remembering the good stuff. Yeah, we have winnowed all the the, the trash. Which is why the kids today and their music, it's all crap. Right. Because we haven't had that benefit of that history filter, as it were. Yeah, the chaff is still there. Uh, I spent an awful lot of time listening to uh, 70s on 7 on Sirius XM. And you uh, on, on Saturdays and Sundays, Casey Kasem does his Top 40 countdown from a given week at, at some point in the 70s. And uh, I, I love listening to the lower half, you know, number 21 to number 40, for all the songs that were technically hits but have had no traction whatsoever historically. And you, you, that's where you begin to hear some of the horrible music that was around at that time. And uh, it, to, to your point, it's the crap that eventually fell off and nobody remembers. Time now for a Geeks and Beats update. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a G&B News Update. So you ready to give these headphones away or what? Let's go ahead and do it. Hey, we offered you an opportunity to win a new pair of cans by sending in the most pathetic photo of your current headphones to win a Solus from Wicked Audio. We got three main uh, contributions. Uh, one of them was from Mark Wilson, who's uh, managed to pull them out of the trash that his daughter threw them into seven years ago. Uh, they were falling apart. That was my bet. I was figuring that that one was the one to win. And? It didn't. It It didn't. No. Uh, Geeks and Beats Facebook follower Matt McGowan uh, wrote, uh, Behold, my current and only headphones, a pair of black plastic earbuds from beyond the rack. One of them had been broken almost right off. That one didn't win. Okay. The one that won. Jesse G. Grab a Sandwich is his Twitter handle, pointing out that his dad still has them. They're a pair of Pioneer cans from the 70s. Wow. Did I have a pair of those? No, I had a pair of costs from the 70s. With 47% of the vote, Jesse G won. Good for him. Now you get something proper to listen to music on. Yes. Uh, Mark Wilson was number two, uh, followed by Matt McGowan's uh, Mangled Beyond the Rack Cheapo. Uh, so what we need you to do now, uh, Jesse G, is uh, send us in via a direct message on Twitter your personal information that we can then forward off to the fine people at uh, Max Borges Agency and uh, Wicked Audio so we can uh, ship you off the pair of headphones. Very nice. Enjoy, and uh, please don't listen to overcompressed music on them. We are going to offer a, a new contest with Season 2's launch September 3rd. We are? We are. Well, I've got it, something in the hopper. I can't tell you about it just yet. All right. All but right, uh, right, I've got right. a neat little gadget that we're going to be giving away uh, when we uh, launch Season 2, and uh, that'll be coming up. And before then, of course, we've got the big... A season two launch on uh, September, is it September 3rd? Um, we better make sure that I remember this correctly. On September, Sunday, September 1st. First, yes. At uh, 7 p.m., it's a Google Hangout. If you go to geeksandbeats.com, Sunday, September 1st, uh, you will see how you can join us. You don't need a webcam, but you're welcome to bring your webcam along as well, and you can see how we make the show. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'll put on pants. And I'll put on a shirt. Okay. Also, uh, you can go there right now and sign up uh, for a notification so that you get told, uh, hey, don't forget about this thing in the first place. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. Meantime, we had uh, Sarah Shestowski. Sure. Shestowski? 
Shestowski uh, write in saying that uh, we were recently talking about Alanis Morissette, and uh, it was 18 years ago, and took 18 years uh, for her ironic song to uh, be basically corrected and pointed out that it's not exactly irony when she writes in to say that uh, Ed Byrne had already done this years ago. Ed Byrne? Who's Ed Byrne? Why do I not know that name? Okay. Uh, he was He's a stand-up comedian. Oh, okay. And he performed at the uh, stand-up show some years ago. Well, see, you should have uh, videoed that and put it on YouTube. That's the only way you document these. That's exactly what he did. The only ironic thing about that song is that it's called Ironic and it's written by a woman who doesn't know what irony is. That's quite ironic when you think about it. She should have called the song Daw. That would have been a good name. I don't know how you'd spell it, but it would have been a good name. Here's Alanis Morissette with her new single, Daw. Taken from the album, hmm. Also, as we go on hiatus uh, for the summer here, we're really not actually going on hiatus. Well, you're going to be building some stuff. Yes, we're going to be uh, rebuilding the website so that uh, when uh, we relaunch season two, Rolling Stone will have no choice but to sue us because we are (laughs) going to rebuild the website uh, in a a news format. And you are going to be making some extensive contributions. Uh, Yeah, sure. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm putting all this work in here, and that did not seem very confident. I know. I'll do something. I'll, I'll, I'll do, don't worry. I'll do something. We'll both do something. Yeah, we, okay, don't worry. Uh, so it'll be uh, fantastic. And we have to thank in advance TS2.ca and Ian Service, who offered to provide us with the hosting to make this possible in the first place. Yes, because apparently the, the traffic to the website has been so heavy that uh, we managed to, to crash just about everything. I don't really understand what went down. I, we had some sort of database corruption. That site went down. My personal website went down. I, the, my whole digital world came crumbling down last week. Ah, see, I use uh, I use Squarespace.com, and they do both uh, hosting and uh, and, and uh, web design. And um, I've had a little bit of trouble with them, especially when it comes to gathering statistics. And they did uh, a couple of things happened when Hurricane Sandy hit. Uh, their server room in New York got uh, got nailed. And then there was a, a DDoS a little while ago that made it difficult to get in. But other than that, I've never had any problems with them. On the topic of uh, having problems. Oh, can I read this? Please, do you have to? This is uh, from an advice column in The Mirror in the UK. If you don't know, The Mirror is a tabloid and uh, is not exactly up there with uh, with The Guardian and The Telegraph and The Times. So I'm going to read this and uh, take it for what it's worth. Dear Colleen, this may sound like a silly or made-up problem, but it's not. My husband has become obsessed with Justin Bieber, and I mean obsessed. He spends all day online reading stories about him and talking about him, and now he wants to see him in concert and take me. He's also shown other behavior that's odd, like growing a very odd mullet haircut and spending a lot of money on Bieber merchandise as well. I find it odd, not just because of who he likes, but the fact is that he's put everything else aside in his life for this obsession. It's okay to be a fan, but not to the detriment of everything else. He's even talking about quitting his job so he can go and work with Justin and even wants us to live near him in America. We have a grown-up son of 21, and he's really become concerned about his dad. He said it seems so out of character, and he's right. We are both very worried for him. What can we do? Is this some sort of midlife crisis, or is he having some kind of breakdown? Fake. Fake. Well, the letter? This, 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 oh, this letter has got to be fake. Come on. Got to be fake. You, you, you think it's real? I don't care. I, that was just entertaining. Uh, yeah, and, and I think Colleen's response in the mirror is basically, yeah, you might want to get him some help. It's the mirror, people. It's the mirror. 
it's you're not going to get a lot of factual uh, pop culture stuff out of the mirror. So what do you want to do with this? Where do you want to go with this story? Let me move on from uh, an advice column to this. It is you may have heard that Jay Z has fired his hyphen. Yes. So for all these years, we've been spelling it J hyphen Z for Z for Canada. Uh, but uh, what happened was over the last week, he has uh, he's, he's 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 fired the hyphen. I wonder why. Do, do we actually know? No, I, and I don't care. What I'm interested in is the poor hyphen, and uh, the hyphen is already looking for work. In fact, there's a Craigslist ad. May I read it? <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so so, lo- so long as I get to read everything in parentheses. Here we go. Hardworking SBL. Straight back line. Seeks immediate full or part-time employment. See recent photo between the words part and time. Despite having recently been laid off by my previous employer after 19 years of devoted service, I'm eager to meet new people and continue to challenge myself professionally. I'm experienced in profession in joining two separate words to create a compound word. Like backstabbing or multiple words to create a longer compound phrase like here comes jay thinks he's so great just because he's buddies with president obama z my other skills include joining two or more words serving as a single adjective before a noun dead end job the one bedroom apartment preventing confusion or awkward combination of letters he forced me to resign versus he refused to resign me for another year Dividing words between syllables at the end of a line of text. Desperate, unemployed, depressed, scaring my friends and family with my behavior. Some Photoshop. $11 an hour or best offer. <laughs> I think the Photoshop's the best reference. <laughs> I think so, too. But, but So that's funny. And then, of course, this being the world of social networking, uh, Jay-Z's hyphen has a Twitter handle. And he currently has 1,278 followers. Uh, Lily Allen just gave me a job. Oh, very nice. That's what he tweets. Uh, just got a weekend gig filling in for Q-Tips hyphen Dave while he's on vacation with his family. Uh, oh, here's the best one. Oh, God, I just came out of a three-day bender and Amanda Bynes is asleep next to me. Even if you're really, really sad, don't do coke with Andy Dick. <laughs> see, I I wish I... I see, you know, Pippa Middleton... Her bum has, has um, you know, got, got a Twitter account. You know, all these things immediately have Twitter accounts. Well, maybe the hyphen will have a child, and it could be Jay-Z's semicolon. <laughs> I love this. Thanks for making Geeks and Beats the world's most popular podcast. The Big Show is on summer hiatus. We kick off Season 2, live, Sunday, September 1st at 7 p.m. Visit geeksandbeats.com for details on the upcoming Google Hangout. And sign up for an email reminder or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.